Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Sarah, and welcome back to another episode of Talking Pass. Alongside me, like every week, is manager Jacob. Sarah, what are you drinking this week? Wow, we're really... So- I'm jumping <laughs> was, into it. I'm jarring. psyched. We're switching it up. Okay, what am I drinking? Yeah. So the weather went above 10 degrees today. Yes. Meaning it is iced coffee season. I am a hardcore believer in hot coffee in the morning, iced coffee in the afternoon. But even as- in the summertime? Yeah, yeah, even in the summertime. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but in the wintertime, I'm hot coffee both, right? So it's like, yeah, so it's yeah, like yeah. cozy and whatever. But as soon as it hits like a decent temperature, I'm a big iced Did coffee in the afternoon. Did you go iced coffee today? Yeah, yeah, I went iced coffee in the afternoon today. I'm okay, not in the yeah. morning. I'm not crazy. Like I always drink a hot coffee in the morning, but iced coffee in the afternoon, always. What's your order? Do you go black? How do you take it? No, with a little bit of milk. Just okay, a like a bit. classic. But like I don't, ice. and if I went to like Starbucks, I get it unsweetened. Okay, yeah, that's sweet. what I was going to say. Sometimes the iced coffees are a little too sweet. Yeah, no, I I'm, I guess I'm more of a cold brew girl than an iced coffee okay, girl because yeah. cold brew doesn't have the sweetener in it. Yeah, also what's good and kind of what I'm drinking this week because you know what? An iced tea is also good. I love but iced tea. I, I was talking about iced tea. Maybe I'll get into iced teas because I've been drinking a lot of tea. So Interesting. What's your favorite type of tea? Is it like a tea before bed situation? Because there's different types of teas. Some people drink it for the caffeine. No, you know what I like? Others for like before the comfort. Bed. I drink it for the comfort. Okay, but I'm the not, same way. Not at bedtime. Because oh, I like a little caffeine. It's like a little because I won't have a big, say, glass of tea, a mug of tea. Yeah, yeah. But I like it with uh, like a like if I'm reading or oh, like okay. or if I'm trying to wind down after yep. like a, a bunch of work meetings and that kind of stuff. Like, let me just it's very calming. do something else. Exactly. That's that's my. I'm a zone. I'm a tea before bed girl. But then what I sometimes do is I forget to buy tea that's not caffeinated. Like I just mm. don't look at it and I'm like, oh, it's just tea. It's fine. It's not coffee. Yeah. Then you're wired before bed. Okay, so you say you like to have a cup of tea while you're reading something. What are you reading or watching this week? Okay, so watching what just came out is the second murder mystery. I never watched the first. Okay, honestly, it's funny. uh, I'll compare it to like Glass Onion and Knives Out. Really? Not as not as good. 
in terms of like being a super engaging whodunit kind of thing. Okay. But it's a fun Adam Sandler movie. Like you just watch it, you know you're going to enjoy it. Exactly. Okay, like if you've got if you've got some scrolling to catch up on on your phone, <laughs> have that going. You'll get a that's couple of good laughs. Jennifer Aniston's in it, and I, you know what? I'll I'll die by the side of Adam Sandler. Wow, he just got inducted into the like hey, he had the Kennedy Center was, into he got the, the Mark, Mark Twain, Twain prize, prize yeah. for comedy. Yeah, yeah he, all comedy. the big all like the, his like friends that were basically the cast of Grown Ups yeah. came yeah. out for him. <laughs> and, um, P- and Pete Davidson. Yeah, and Pete Davidson. <laughs> I ended up on TikTok though on that side of TikTok, just like constantly yeah. watching it. Yeah. What about you? What are you uh, reading or watching this week? I'm all caught up in Survivor now Ooh, because okay. we were a few weeks behind. Uh, and I was actually so funny because I was going back to like the Moose episode. I was editing it just before this, and like talking about it we both would be like we'd want to be on survivor but couldn't necessarily do it um or win it necessarily and just every time i watch that show all i think about is like how those people were the people like me on the couch going like what are you doing blah blah blah. and then like if i was on that show it'd be reversed and not good i don't think i'd do well on it but we're catching up on survivor good season it's actually a pretty good season i'm enjoying it so far they've got a lot of like kind of like interesting characters okay but in a way that i like it the first episode was wild there was like the ambulance not ambulance but medics were called three times in the first episode Could you imagine jeff probes driving an ambulance he probably does <laughs> jeff does it all i i wouldn't be surprised shout out jeff <laughs> shout out jeff. uh sarah what are we listening to this week i'm back in my country grind because are again you? the sunshine has come out the the summertime vibes are coming. What is this? What is for, the windows for those in your car? Are oh, being for those down. listening, Jacob just made this movement. That I'm like, are you riding a horse? It like, looked like happening? I was riding a horse or like rowing really quickly. Oh, windows coming down. Got Roll it. those windows I don't down have and blast a car, that country. But yes, back um, maneuver. Yes, the idea of having the windows down, hair blown, whatever. I love country for the summertime. Also, there's a really good country lineup at Budweiser Stage this summer. Ooh. So we've got Jordan Davis coming back, our boy. We got to go. Really? Yeah, he's coming back. June oh, like second. Let's do it. Yeah, we got to go back. Um, we got our boy Jordan Davis. He's with Dirks Bentley. Luke, I, I'm not Luke, kidding. I was playing some Dirks Bentley in the car today. Okay, Luke Bryan's coming. We've got like a, a Shania Twain's doing two nights. Like, there's a very good in June alone. Oh, Sam Hunt. We're very in good, good oh, company Zach of Brown Shanae. Band, Chris Staple. There's like so many good. There's a really good country lineup this summer. So <laughs> I'm back in my country line. I'm back in my country to era. Outdoor concerts in the Shout city. Out. The best. The best. The okay, best. What about huge. you? What are you listening to? Okay, this is a buddy of mine. His EP just dropped, and I want to say that like, listen, I don't want to get called out for like tossing him some exposure, but mm-hmm. I blast this, and I'm gonna say I'm adding it to to Jacob's songs of the summer Spotify playlist. By the time this comes out, I hope you've actually made the songs of the summer playlist. Okay, because it's April, you'll like be, now it's like the time to get. You'll into be it. happy to know I made it today. <laughs> I have, <laughs> I have the songs of the summer playlist. Ready to go, but it's Sugar Jesus, my buddy Andre, like Sugar Jesus, and he just dropped his EP Animals and the lead track. I don't know what you call it when like the, a track is also the name of the thing. Okay, uh, lead animals, track, I think. Also yeah. Animals. Who, if you're looking for something to like, I'm, I'm gonna call it a window roller down. Or, no, the, I gotta come up with the a better vibe? name. Like, what's the vibe? Like, what's the style? Of Electronic music? music. Amazing. Yeah, that's perfect for summer. If time. you're looking to, yeah. Through, ask your Uber drivers to like throw on a little sugar Jesus. <laughs> ask for the ox, play animals. On the way to a show at Budweiser, Budweiser stage. stage. That sounds like the perfect summer to me. Exactly. <laughs> this 
this next guest may have more on her plate than I do between being an author, PhD student, triathlete, nonprofit co-founder, and content creator. She manages to somehow balance the craziness of everyday life, all while still sharing well-being tips and even her journey freezing her eggs. She once told me I speak at the perfect speed for her brain, which I think is the biggest compliment. So please welcome to Talking Fast, my friend Shania. Thanks, guys. I know. This is always the part where it's like, you know, oh, what I say? Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, yeah, let's talk about how busy you are because I think you're the only person on the planet, like at least in this world, that's busier than I am. Uh, how do you do it? Like what, like how, like, first of all, how did you find yourself in all these different areas? Like what was the first thing you were doing? Was it a PhD student? Like what was it? And then now you find yourself in all of these different areas. How did that happen? I think it stems from childhood. I always grew up a really busy kid. After 4 p.m., I would go to all of my extracurriculars before bedtime. Mm -hmm. And I was also the kid that would wake up early before school and like make my sister chicken bacon and hash browns, plan out her whole outfit, and then wake her up for 6.30 to go to school. So like I always just was like mothering. Oh my god! My How sister. old is your sister? <laughs> she's now nineteen. But like the, the age gap. Six years. Okay. Wow. Oh my god! I would. I'm the oldest sister, and I would never do that. Yeah. With my sisters. That's crazy. Yeah. And, and I would, just go ahead, please. No. And now I have this concept with being active versus passive. So you either mm. are walking dead, like literally living your life passively, or you're active in every choice and every decision you make, how you spend every minute or every hour. Mm-hmm. So I rather be active than passive. I love that. That's very similar to how I like, and I think that's like part of the reason we connected very early on was because we would be like at events talking about like productivity and like how we get everything done. Um, but I want to like backtrack a bit and talk about your PhD specifically because I think we've actually had a decent amount of questions of like viewers and stuff that like want to do grad school or whatever. Was a PhD something you always knew you wanted to do or did you kind of find yourself in it? How did that process come for you? For some reason, it's really weird, but I always knew I'd do school after undergrad. Mm-hmm. Like, I was failing first year university, and I was like, no, I'll make it. I'll make it somehow. <laughs> and I have no idea, like, what was in me driving that force and that ship. It was until my second year of university when there was, like, it was called the impossible course, and everyone was like, there's no one that could ever get above a B+. Plus. Like, that's not possible. And so I made it my challenge all semester, and I ended up getting, like, the highest grade you could get in a course. And that like fueled my passion that I started to like admire the instructor and her name was Dr. Christine Quayle and I ended up TAing for her a year later Mm. and when I TAed for her was when I realized I loved academia like I loved the liberty of exploring new topics through teaching but research through curriculum but also engaging with students like Mm -hmm. you kind of had everything on your plate but like nice things on the plate. And so, for the, the, the impossible course, what topics are you actually studying in that course? It was communications theory and methodology. So essentially like all of the communication theories integrated with like research methodological frameworks. So qualitative design, uh, quantitative design and how to run a research project. Okay. And then doing studies after your undergrad, what was the driving force behind that then? I think for me and everything I do, my pillar is to be of service. Like I think joy comes from service. And so if I'm being like in service to my community by creating research projects that hopefully the outcomes or the interventions we develop will enhance human life, Mm -hmm. then I did my job here. And that's why I'm here on earth. Is that why your PhD is in global health? It's in global health. Yes, to be of service to the globe. <laughs> so I was going to say, do you want to explain to like our mm-hmm. listeners, viewers, like what does a PhD in global health mean? Because I think honestly, 
like was that a pre-pandemic or post-pandemic decision too because like i think that's like something that we all didn't realize was so important until we all lived through that yeah for me i thought about public versus global health for a very long time public Mm -hmm. health to me in the curriculum you analyze ontario health regulations and policy whereas global health you analyze how different countries work together or don't work together on global national and international policies so for example everything you see in canada is based on some global conversation so i want to be at the global table and my phd specifically is a really local project but our goal by the end of it is to be able to scale it and potentially have countries around the world adapt our learnings and our intervention that we create for their own community and what is that great question (laughs) (laughs) i still don't know the answer to um i no i'm kidding kind of it's (laughs) essentially we're analyzing how newly immigrated children or refugee children in a low-income neighborhood in hamilton have access to healthy active living interventions and essentially we're co-designing a bunch of pilot interventions and then seeing which one works the best and it'll hopefully be integrated into that community because it was co-designed with these kids and their families and their newcomer families, right? So learning and teaching them about healthy active living is really, really important to reduce the rates of chronic disease. Right, so what do those interventions look like? Something like a a multi-component intervention is like gardening in the community, a community pantry, and mandatory classes with your parents in the swimming pool. Because both parents and kids can learn at the same time. Why not? Yeah. So jumping back then to what Sarah started off in the intro is that when I was doing my research, I like had this epiphany where I was like, Sarah finally met her match in terms of <laughs> someone else who is probably just as busy. So but, this- okay, but like, I'm going to stop you for a second because it's like she's studying like how she can help like well, okay. <laughs> integrate into Canada and I make sports videos. So like, granted, like, still like, service. well, okay, what I was going to say. Say is, you know, like, come on. No matter what you're busy with, is maybe like <laughs> apples and oranges. It's tough to compare. Um, but yes, like time wise, yes, that's something we bonded over very early. You have yeah. 163 hours in a week. Yeah. See, I I couldn't have even told you how many hours. <laughs> how many hours in a week? Or 168. <laughs> how many of those do you We're spend running? Oh, quite a few. Okay. Quite a few. That's Which good. actually kind of leads me into what I was going to ask you because we talked just about yeah, a bit about kind of, I guess, the core of where you're headed and where the studies come from and whatnot and, and what you're doing right now. But that is also, I think, kind of a limiting description of what you do on a maybe daily basis as well. Mm-hmm. As someone who is, you know, you're a, a, a new friend of mine here who I'm becoming more familiar with and in my research you're also or had been sharing uh obviously your content creator first and foremost uh that is how i know you uh but you also were training for a, a sprint try you are a children's book author like there are a ton of large mm-hmm. other pillars involved in your daily life my question was always to sarah but also to you is how do you balance it all and what's important for you when balancing those different endeavors that you have Great question. And I want to preface this by saying I never knew how to balance. Like I was always very disorganized. Mm-hmm. I Same. did not know how to prioritize. So I often think that people who are the most organized or seem put together or seem busy are probably either like the laziest people. So they just get things done efficiently, which I think is my case. Or <laughs> they've learned a system or process to right. tackle a behavior that they wanted to change. Okay. Because I've heard you also talk quite a bit about habit stacking as mm-hmm. well habits 
I believe to get anything you want done in life or to achieve any goal, you need to implement a process. So what that process Mm. may look like or framework, I typically will use theories, break them down, and then apply it to my life. So for example, when I felt not hopeful, I (laughs) broke down the the hope theory. And essentially the hope theory is three main pillars where you can break down a big goal into pathways for action. And essentially you can create hope. Hope is taught. It's not an inherent feeling. Okay, so oh if someone God. wanted to do this themselves, yeah. like how does what does how that do process look that? like? Yeah. Number one, I would say figure out what your goal is. Like for me, my goal was to have more time before bed and not feel like frantic or anxious. And not getting feel like you're going on. through like one thing to the next. Yeah. And then, like now I'm just like forcing myself to go to sleep. Yeah. I struggle with that. Yeah. So dedicating that hour and for me, time blocking was the best thing I could do. So I analyzed how to triage an emergency room and to triage. Wow. (laughs) Like like there's priority people. Then there's like "Eh, priority. And then there's like the green ones that are like they're in the waiting room for six hours. They don't need to be seen. (laughs) That's true though. So if all of your tasks can either be red, orange or green, that's how you break up your day. Oh, that's so Red, based on like what's the priority what you have to do and what can like it's chill for a little bit it's not gonna like yeah. die if you don't go do you actually the next hour. physically write that out i know for me hand right by writing by hand is a huge factor i don't color code things necessarily no. but like that has been a big like talking about habits mm-hmm. great process for me i started this I, I literally write it on like by hand priority small tasks and then if I can tasks okay oh I like that and the word if I can it makes you feel like a little bit more chill like you're yeah. like oh, I'm not yeah pressured. yeah if I can. see I do that but I do it in my brain I don't write anything down like I'm really bad for like I assume everyone can read my mind and that <laughs> everything is just like organized and scheduled in my brain and I know where everything it's like organized chaos but actually writing that down would actually be very helpful because in my brain I know what's like a must do I can maybe do or like I don't need to right now kind and of task. Think about your future self. Like yeah. just think about her every morning. Okay, this is something else that I've I've seen you talk quite a bit about. Not necessarily exactly that, but I guess just like switching to the topic of mindfulness in general too is something that is applicable to both just having like good habits in life, mm-hmm. I guess, but then also helping you succeed goal and goals and all sorts of different things. It's easier said than done, I think, though, too, right? Mm-hmm. Guys, the only reason I know how to meditate is because my sister locked me in a car every morning for 21 days, like, for and forced days? me to meditate. Like, really? So was so she doing it first the, then, and then she, like, made nope, you get into it? Or? Nope. She just <laughs> left me in the car. Okay, wait. I, I need to know. We got to back up on that. What... What was the decision that led her to lock, lock you, in, you a car? in a car? I had awful first year, anxious. I couldn't eat anything without my stomach hurting. I've always grown up with gut issues. I grew up not sleeping, you know, was an unhealthy kid. Mm-hmm. And the reason I found mindfulness was because my sister and my mom intervened. I had an awful breakup. And my summer, that summer, they made me quit my job. And they said, if you want to go back to school, you need to figure your stuff out. Right. So my sister kidnapped me. so backstory she's a physician so she pretty much treated me like a patient yeah so for four months she took me and she forced me to meditate and i use the app headspace if anyone's familiar i use calm now but headspace is where i started i hated it it was the worst experience it was awful it was hard especially if it starts with kidnapping i don't think anything (laughs) as a very very calm meditative experience and she created this plan with my mom pretty much like 
it was three months of okay lifestyle factors you were going mm-hmm. to focus on your lifestyle and if you do not feel better then we can think about prescription medication yeah. for anxiety depression you know my lack of focus adhd and so three months i had to figure this out and essentially now i'm here and i'm so 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 grateful i like hit rock bottom or close to rock bottom to be able to learn that skill right and is that something that you do on a daily basis now do you keep up with it i try every morning i try most mornings i do i think meditation allowed me to create space between thoughts and action and i'm forever grateful for that process Mm. in like it trickles into every aspect of yeah. life so yeah, part of sure. your whole like brand online is like wellness obviously because it's like what's your username well by shania yeah. right like so it's like how did that become then like how do you go from your sister locking you in a car to force you to do meditation <laughs> to then being someone that then is a catalyst for other people to learn about wellness and self-care like how did you decide that that was going to be what your brand was going to be online so i never thought about branding online i actually started social media because i wanted to be an author and i was like i sat down googled what do authors do before they write a book and it said (laughs) start a social media page so i sat there and i said okay Okay, i guess so (laughs) and uh essentially i'm so so grateful for having access to information having Mm -hmm. access to a sister like like Anna, that I think it's selfish of me to keep that information to myself. Mm-hmm. That if I can be a vessel of sharing information and knowledge translating as best I can, even if I impact one person to just like, you know, create a sleep hygiene routine, then my job here is done. And I think it goes back to my pillar of being of service. So you talked about being of service to people. Is that part of the reason that you decide to share your egg freezing journey? So before you answer it, I want to give context to the people that maybe don't follow you. You are 25 years old and you decided to freeze your eggs, which elicited a very like shocking response as someone that knows you. And like when you first posted, I was like, oh my, well, one, I went, that kind of makes sense. Like with you and like being in like health as a background and everything. But two, the response I got was very polarizing. Did you expect that response? And why did you decide to share that journey with everybody? Mm. I'll answer the second question. So why I decided to share. And again, it goes back to I'm so grateful that my sister was the one who empowered me to do this. And I, again, would feel selfish to keep all this information in when I just feel so lucky to be in this position to Mm -hmm. even have this opportunity. So I wanted to share it for any woman out there. I think number two, infertility is so stigmatized and Mm -hmm. I hate it. I hate Mm -hmm. it. I hate how there's this conversation where we don't talk about fertility and we only have to go to a fertility specialist when we're infertile and we feel like, oh crap, like I have nothing, don't know what to do. And I hate that that's the consequence that many women are faced with in Canada and in the world. Um, The response on TikTok, that post going viral, I think number one, it's important to acknowledge that our education system is not set up for young girls to learn about fertility in school. We learn about pregnancy and STIs and our periods, Mm -hmm. but we never learn about what lifestyle factors can you integrate to to take care of your fertility health. Fertility only comes from like people that have lived through it. It's the only time you hear that experience. Yeah. So uh, to everyone in the comments, I understand where they're coming from because I might have been their first exposure to the Mm -hmm. topic of fertility or egg freezing. I mean, so shocked that you're like, you're only 25. It's like, whereas like, if you're actually going for like preventative measures as opposed to reactive measures, which you and I have talked about before, it's like, why would you not want the youngest, freshest, best eggs you can have the juiciest the eggs. juiciest <laughs> eggs the most of them yeah. which is crazy because like if you i mean like i don't know it's another topic but like i'm sure like if you do the research based on like someone at 25 versus 28 versus 31 
doing the same procedure is probably drastically different mm-hmm. the way that it works and especially like again like you mentioned reactive mm-hmm. i don't i like to plan mm-hmm. <laughs> and again adding a system into my day-to-days to effectively get the things i need done this lifted a huge weight off my shoulder because as women i'm sure you feel this sarah like the reproductive ticking time bomb in the back of your Always. head like, it's like the it's like the like it's like fun, funny because like friends will make jokes being like oh am I just like yeah. really safe or am I just like infertile like why am I not getting pre-? like you know what I mean like yeah. fr- like I have so many friends that yeah. joke about that but I like you're right if people don't have the conversation but I have a very like one of my very best friends she was at my my 25th birthday we sat there at a winery in Niagara and like and she was saying she was like crying she was like I just wish because she's a few years like she's 33 she's like I wish I had have taken my fertility and that health into account way earlier because mm. I I feel like I'm reactive now she's like I I wish I had a thought about it earlier she goes if I have one piece of advice for you guys you're like 25 years old like just take it into your own hands right now she ended up being totally fine she's like a beautiful baby boy he's like the best nephew in the world but it's crazy because I remember at my 25th birthday having that conversation with her and she would felt like she was too far gone to have that so like what I really admire about you is that you're taking it into your own hands and going I'm not gonna be reactive I'm not going to allow somebody else to tell me I should have done something five years ago when people don't even know that's an available resource to them Mm -hmm. so I guess my question for you though is like how did you know about these resources and how did you feel confident enough to make this decision at 25 Mm -hmm. to do it and again, very grateful. Shout out to Anna, my <laughs> sister, being a family doc. She wishes she, this was something she did when she was my age, but mm-hmm. she also shared all of the papers. We were at the Christmas kitchen table and she was like, listen, like, look at this research on like the health of your eggs in your 20s versus after 35. Like, mm-hmm. if you know you want to prioritize your career over the next decade, you need to think about this. For sure. You can't just brush it off. Like most of us women do. We say, oh, we'll figure it out after 30. Mm-hmm. Like, we'll figure it out when the time comes, but you can figure it out now. And so she shared all the articles with me and I did my own research and just read the literature on it. And I found a fertility specialist, which was also funny enough, her fertility specialist. But when I found her, I didn't like really put it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's in Markham and she's also on social media. So I started watching all of her videos. And then in Ontario, if you are listening to this and you live in Ontario, it is free to go have a f- consultation with a fertility doctor. Oh, wow. So you can go and just ask questions. Yourself. Also something that people probably don't know. <laughs> educate <laughs> yourself. Education's power. Yeah. Like just knowing your options is so important. So what are some of the things I love about you is you're sharing like every aspect of it. You share the cost of what it actually is. So what are some of the costs that someone might not know about that comes with something like freezing your eggs? It's mostly the cost of like keeping them in the bank essentially, mm-hmm. right? Is like that's, the, like that's the main cost of them, I assume? Yeah. So there's cost for the actual procedure. Then there's cost for medication. And then there's the egg storage fee. Mm-hmm. So my insurance, and again, the reason I kind of did this now was my insurance covered my medication costs. Mm. And then out of pocket was $9,700 for the procedure, but that included five years of storage. Storage oh, okay. equals about $500 a year okay. yeah. for four to 500, depending on the clinic that you go to. But again, many insurance plans cover both. Like, oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. So just have to do a little research. You have it. to do your research. And um, there's programs with like different nonprofits where they'll reach out to your employer for you to push for like potential um, egg freezing coverage or just like IVF coverage. What is something you wish that maybe you knew before you started this whole process of going through it that you could share for other women to know before they do it? Number one, the lifestyle changes that you have to make during the eight to 10 days. Like 
every morning I have appointments between 6 and 7.30 a.m. And then every night around 6.30, I have to inject myself with the medication. Like those changes to your day to day, Mm -hmm. especially if you are a busy person, like really plan and feel empowered by the process. It is really lonely because I'm like... I'm the only one going through it around me. So I'm like, oh, there's no one to talk to except TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) I can vouch for this because we were at the Leafs game a couple days ago with each other. And like you have your full backpack. You're like, oh, it's just all my fertility medication. And she had to like dip out during the Leafs game. But it's like part of it was like 6 p.m. You had to go do it, which is crazy. And so it's like part of the dedication, I'm sure, that Mm -hmm. has to go into it as well. So we talked about the polarizing response that, you know, TikTok has kind of brought with you sharing this journey. But you just mentioning also you know, you wanting to engage with people. Have Has there been a positive response? You know, people engaging with you, having learned, maybe, you know, considered prioritizing this earlier on in their own lives? I've made some virtual friends because of this oh, topic. And women, like, there's been two main responses. Number one, women in their 30s who are like, I wish I did this at your age. Like, I'm so proud of you, even though I don't know you. And mm-hmm. I'm, I just wish I did. And then number two is women being like, wow, like, I want to prioritize my career for the next 10 years and thinking about fertility or just having an open dialogue Mm -hmm. is so important and I'm so happy you're opening it up. Yeah, and it's like, I mean, I'm not in your shoes, obviously, but I know that you've also started a few videos with your journey here with like saying, I'm not going to get the quote exactly right, but you have started a few videos saying essentially, you know, I am guilty saying this, but, you know, I want to prioritize my career, which Mm -hmm. is probably like super important if even you feel that and you're someone who is on this journey with there being Mm -hmm. such a huge stigma still around that, right? Yeah. I, I hate this idea that women have to fit into this mold. And especially culturally, depending on what background you're from, like my parents are not traditional necessarily, but there's very many women in like the South Asian community that feel like, okay, I graduate, then I get married, then I have kids, and that's Mm -hmm. it. And I hate that narrative Mm -hmm. because you can create your own narrative. And I also feel, yeah, guilty about talking about prioritizing my career because then you seem like a workaholic. And this whole like toxic productivity thing, it like messes with me. Well, it's also so funny because like I'm learning just as you're talking here about, you know, it's not even something that's so outside the box because there are so many resources. It sounds like they're accessible for people to to just take advantage of essentially. Mm But the toxic productivity is something that's like I easily find myself getting like looped into. As productive people, it's very easy to get into like the toxic side of it, right? Because it can be seen as such like a, especially when people are like, you're so busy. Oh my God. And they see it as like a pat on the back, like pro mm-hmm. thing that you're like, well, if I wasn't busy, then like, what am I? Mm-hmm. Then it's like that weird thing. So I think it's like important for women to know they can use whatever resources that they have available to them. Um, and that's why I'm really like proud of you for sharing like all of that because I think it's, um, you're buying yourself more time, which is like time is the one thing in this life that we can't buy. But if you are able to kind of do it in like ways through resources like this, it's really important and powerful that you're sharing that too, which I think is really important. Thanks, Sarah. You're welcome. I was telling you though, like I was watching all your videos on it and like it wasn't, it's something I've always had in the back of my head about like maybe one day like freeze my eggs or doing that myself. And it wasn't and when I saw you doing it, I was like, oh my God, I guess I technically like why do I need to wait till I'm like 30 to do it like yeah. I could start doing it now and it's like if anything more beneficial to my health than any before yeah and I asked my sister this and my fertility specialist I was like why do most women like do it in their 30s and they were like a they have the funds to do mm-hmm. it right They're, typically by your 30s you like have x yeah. amount of savings for this procedure and you do all of that um for me 
I had to get a second side job, aka social media, yeah. to save up for it because PhD stipend does not cover it. Um, <laughs> and uh, number two, it's when you feel that oh shit moment. And I don't know if I yeah. guess we're on this podcast, yes, but like oh shit. Like at 30 yeah. is when you get the oh shit and you're like, I'm single, I haven't found the partner or I have a partner, but I want to prioritize X, Y, Z. And so you feel, again, reactive. As opposed to proactive. Mm-hmm. Welcome back to our voicemail segment where we answer your questions every single week. You can email us at talkingfastshow at gmail.com. You can also send us a DM at talkingfastshow on Instagram. I also do a call out every single Monday. Sometimes I forget to do it, but I still do it most weeks. So make sure you're following us there. Let's kick it off with our first question of voicemail. Are you kicking it off or am I doing it? You leaned in. I leaned in ready to hear it, but I'll kick it off if you want. No, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. This comes from Connor. Connor actually gave us three great voicemail questions. Shout out, Connor. So I'm going to use them over the next three weeks. But the first one from Connor says, what's one thing that you have to do on a regular basis that nobody else knows that you despise doing? It's like, Whoa. what's one thing you despise doing that you do on the reg that nobody else realizes how much you hate? You can go first. Swim. You do triathlons and swim is your answer? Yeah, I think I hate myself a little. A li- I would hate myself a lot. I would just like let myself <laughs> drown. Oh, you hate water. swimming? Am I understanding the question correctly? She, yes, yeah, you are. She, like Man, something that like see, she despises swimming even why? though she does triathlons. So no one would that's know why, she despises swimming. That's why swimming. I can't do a try. Because you don't like the swimming swimming part? I could do the biking and the running. I I could do the swim. Don't get me wrong. I love swimming. I I wouldn't like training swimming. I would like the race swimming. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't like the training. And you have to train. You know what I mean? Um, Mine is my dirty little secret is all my dirty laundry. And not in the sense of like tea or drama. Physical laundry? Physical (laughs) laundry. If you went into my bedroom right now, there is piles okay i clothing which i'm is not no kidding way. i was gonna i was that was gonna be mine no it's, i had a pile of jackets no <laughs> like it's the thing is i very strategically show my apartment when i like vlog nobody sees the one corner it's my laundry corner <laughs> it is a disaster like i have like i have a, a stack as tall as me of clothing that i just haven't washed yet because i just like get so bit i hate laundry i okay. hate it okay hate i'm it. gonna piggyback on that because that was gonna be mine but i'm on the opposite side i'm really good at washing my laundry and terrible putting it away, putting it away. okay terrible mine's putting so weird. It away. okay so this is mine we folding. we had a we had a call the other day we had some kind of briefing call for a brand deal or something yeah. like that and you had laundry in the background for the third <laughs> i'm not kidding for the third day in a row i took clothes off of my couch that's in the background <laughs> and i put it on my bed <laughs> <laughs> that's me though i'm the same way but the instant i keep it in my bedroom so i can just close the door but i'm so bad at it it's like my one yeah. thing i can't do i hate it just hate folding yeah, no folding is rough and folding i, I, I like, live in a toronto condo there's not enough room no. so it's like i'm never yeah there's never enough room to fit it all anyway so but when i just let it live in the pile we're, we're all good at disguising our things because you are you've are doing triathlons we're on business calls with no one's seen no the one piles of laundry until <laughs> you make it exactly exactly, exactly. Uh, voicemail question number two this is a bit of an abridged question, uh, but it's you can choose one or the other. So one, choose one of these. One thing that your 16-year-old self would be disappointed by or one thing your 16-year-old self would be proud of? Who wants to go first? Okay, I'll go first. <laughs> Everyone's like looking like, I'll go with, I'll go with, can we, are we answering both or just one? Just, uh, just one. Okay, I'll do proud of because disappointed makes me sad. Um, proud of that I have this show because 16 year old me wanted to be a talk show host. Mm. And I feel like, I mean, talk is in the name of the show. So yeah. I feel like that's relevant. And that's, that's good. 
that's like on brand so yeah i and also the fact that i don't live in coburg anymore sorry to anyone from coburg that's listening but the fact that i don't live there anymore eh, the fact that i don't live there anymore is probably the thing i'd be most proud of at 16 (laughs) 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 how about you my 16 year old self would be most proud that i didn't listen to friends that didn't support me over the last couple years that's That's really that's powerful Mm -hmm. that's really important Wow. You will come across people who don't see your vision or don't support anything that you do or certain things that you do, mm-hmm. but cutting your losses while you can, it'll Important. change your life. What about you, Jacob? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with my cottage, you know? Uh, oh my God, he's building a like, I'm okay, a cottage. child of divorce. I had a cottage growing up and I got a, my brother and I a year and a half ago purchased land in the lake we grew up on and we're building a cottage. So today, this morning, we're like a couple of months away from starting the build. I want to say uh, you use the word cottage so modestly. There's a difference between a cottage and uh, what you're building. No, no. <laughs> it's not a cabin. I no, saw, it's not saw like a, a cabin. It's like if you've seen his Instagram stories, go follow Jacob on Instagram if you want to see the cottage updates. It's like a modern. It's like a modern, like sunken couch situation. Yeah. Okay, you know like what, 70s style. Daisy Jones on the Six would be rolling know, over in her grave. So like, that's funny. Like the What's your handle? Uh, my name, Jacob. It's Jacob Morris, but there's no vowels in mine because someone reported my account two, two years ago got banned. <laughs> we don't need the context. We don't need all this. Uh, my architect in the last 3D model, because I he, maybe he creeped me out a little, but everyone knows on this show because I've talked about it before that my like dream car is a, like a vintage Range Rover. <gasps> Did he put it in the front? He put the 3D. It's not the exact model or whatever because it's just like an object, but he put it in the driveway. <laughs> he knows. I love that. He knows. That's good manifestation. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's the proud of. I can't moment. wait for the talking fast. Live from the lake. Live from the lake. Class trip. (laughs) Summer edition. Yeah. Okay. Final question is, what is your favorite thing at the moment? That can be food, drink, TV, music, anything. What's your, like, just your favorite thing? Like, if you're going to talk about anything right now, what would it be? Ooh. You go. Big Booty Volume 22 on Spotify. (laughs) What is that? Is that a playlist? (laughs) It's a one-hour playlist. And it is every single one of your favorite songs that you've ever heard in the last year all snipped together. And all of the songs are only 15 seconds each or like less. Oh, whoa. So it's just like quick. So my ADHD is vibing. Oh, my God. My brain would love that. (gasps) Volume 22 specifically. All of the volumes are good, but this one particularly (laughs) amazing. I love that. What about you? What's your favorite Mine's going to be a wild card. You know what I'm really loving right now? What was the question? Just what are you what loving, are we loving right in now? general? Is that yes. Okay, I had to remind myself because mine's a little bit of the left field. I'm loving biscotti right now. <laughs> shout out to shout out to just like the biscotti genre, like yeah, in general. I'm, I'm, tossing, yeah, exactly. I'm tossing a shout out to the to the bis to the scotty uh, because <laughs> I've tried to become a little bit of a tea guy recently. Okay. And, Big on coffee, but tea's coming around. So mm-hmm. I'm going uh, just a green tea, like a not an overpowering tea, and then fire up a lemon biscotti. Woo! Interesting. People, do not deny yourself of the simple pleasures in life. My favorite thing right now is Pinterest. I'm back in my Pinterest era oh. where I just like for hours can just sit there on my and just for hours. I will sit there you for hours when I'm watching TV. Like, like I'll Sarah sit there. hours? Like, or like, yeah. really? like Sarah hours. Okay, so maybe it's like 30, 30 minutes. <laughs> but I'll sit there and like when I'm like in bed or whatever, I'll just like pin my life and go blah, blah, dee, dee, dee. I gotta like, follow you like, on Pinterest. Yeah, you can follow me on Pinterest. But I also like, I love it for like, I'm such a visual learner that like visualizing like everything from like, we're starting renovations on cottage this year and we those should, types of we things. We should share cottage boards. <laughs> sure, let's do it. <laughs> my cottage is like one seventh the size of yours, but yeah, we no, can share. No. Maybe. <laughs> He's like, Nah, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, Pinterest right now. I'm in my Pinterest era again. Which What's I love. your vision right now 
vision like in life yeah um i need like calm like mm-hmm. if i'm gonna say one word that's my vision uh peace calm like one of those words my my best friend Haley's really good at like having a word for each year and she mm. i think peace was her year word last year and i tried to steal it for this one it's it's peace i'm it's the one thing i'm really trying to work on is like learning how to like you know like be still my soul like that whole yeah. like thing that's what i'm trying to like be a little bit what is yours does that make me think you have one mine's focus focus because oh, I, I do so many things but i think to be an expert you have to focus on one to two things I love that. Well, thank you for focusing on this podcast for the last hour. Thank you for coming on Talking Fast. Really appreciate it. Here's your gift. <gasps> so you're all about self-care. These are my favorite self-care things oh in that for you. Um, and now is your time to say whatever you want. It's your like, it's your stage. It's your mm-hmm. moment. That's your camera. And you can give yourself a shout out. You can give whatever. You can do whatever you want. To anyone listening, you can be absolutely anything you want to be. And like, don't forget that. And if you want to learn about egg freezing or just like life, follow me on Instagram or TikTok and we can be friends at Well by Shania. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.